Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Every Monday morning for me is an opportunity to look at the upcoming Sunday readings. And thus begins a long week of discerning and praying and looking for ideas and trying to encounter God in different places. This past week, I came across a news story from the Pacific Northwest of a video that I will show you. And it's a news story about a man who is a profession that is called a book mender. Someone who takes old books and restores them and being able to keep using that book. And he works in what's called a mendery. And the reason I want to share this with you is that that new story really touched me because I really see, first of all, you and I are much like an open book. Each of us have unique stories that God knows and anyone we wish, wish to share with or anyone who might be interested in our lives. The old saying is, your life is like a book. You're writing chapter after chapter or, or that you're an open book that people can see and you share your story. And so the new story I'm going to show you now, I just want you to think of an image that I saw God in the image of being a book mender and that you and I are like the books. That may or may not apply to you, but I'd like you to take a look now at this video and watch with me this new story from the Pacific Northwest. Tucked away in the basement of the King County Library's headquarters in Issaquah is a most unusual man. And it's here that Donald Voss tends lovingly to the flame of a dying art form. The book is such a, a humble artifact. There are no computers here, no cell phones or much electronic technology at all. Instead, there are presses, brushes, shears and a year's worth of painstaking work staring him in the face every day. This is my backlog. Dawn is a book mender. This place is called a mendery. It is the last one left in the King County Library system, one of the last, period. And in a few years, when Dawn is finished, he will not be replaced. There is no apprentice learning from him. His skills will not be passed down. Do you feel like a last bastion of, of that Thing that used to be so important to so many people? Yeah, when something, uh, when something is dying, we tend to, to love it more than when the death threat was not upon it. Don Voss has a special relationship with books. Traditional books have such a modest, unassuming appearance, if not vulnerable, and yet and yet their ability to influence is so wildly powerful in any direction. They can, they can soothe and bring solace or agitate, even destroy. They can enlighten and clarify. Or they can bring darkness and confusion. They can be your best friend or they can be your arch enemy. I brought to him a book that means something to me. This book my dad got for me when I was about in second grade. This, is, this has got to be the, the most rewarding part of this job, is when people, patrons or staff, come in. This used to be my grandmother. Yeah. This used to be my great uncle. 
and it's wonderful. My copy of Ivanhoe had seen better days. Don went to work. He made a wheat paste concoction, shot it into the corner with a hypodermic needle, and then clamped it so it could dry. Something with so much power to to enter uh, our lives ought to be respected. The truth is that the vast majority of battered and well-loved books never make it to the last book mendery. They are instead thrown away. It's cheaper that way. Don feels his beloved mendery being pulled irresistibly toward the same fate because, well, it's cheap. I think the most fundamental reason for mendery to be saved as it is, you know, which is a place all about resourcefulness and all about renewing lives that have become broken. The reason is to, uh, that we not become more wasteful of people than we already are. You know, wasteful in doing, in living, in thinking, in feeling, being. He cares for books and the ideas they carry. He bandages them up and sends them back into battle. All the while, Donald Voss knows full well that this is the last stand for this last mendery. But in a homemade envelope that he keeps on a shelf, there's a passage he stumbled across in a book one day when he needed it the most. Whatever struggle you have met, find its meaning and it will cease to be a struggle. That passage continues to bring him comfort as he tends lovingly to the flame of a dying art form. Donald, kind of my hero, buddy. Likewise. You do great work. You do great work. Did you notice the transition from a book to people? Restoring lives and sending the books back out in use. And that each individual has a story here today that is uniquely yours. And you and I have the power in our book story to be used for good, for enlightenment, for enriching others, for loving others. But also each one of us has the power to cause chaos and sow division and anger and sadness. And yet God values each book and restores that and offers healing. That's a powerful image for me. And this Mass will be on demand. Maybe you want to watch it. I've watched it 12 times, and I've gotten a different insight into God and into your lives and minds from this video. So you'll be able to watch that. But look what happens in today's Gospel. Jesus shows God's love and value for each person. Mark always likes to remind us, as well as the other Gospels, that the, des the desire for every Gospel is to have people believe in Jesus Christ. Not just in a bunch of rules or just in whatever teachings he says, but to be in relationship with him. And in today's Gospel, Mark always writes in a way where there's a story inside the story in teaching about belief in Jesus. It's about a woman for 12 years hemorrhaging, experiencing bleeding, and nothing she can do can give her relief. But her story, when you open up her book, is one of 12 years of isolation. She cannot worship with the community at liturgy. 
She will be unclean, and anyone she has in contact with needs to be purified. So she lives away from people, away from the community, where she is not only suffering physically, but emotionally and spiritually and mentally as well for 12 long years. And she risks because she wants to have faith in Jesus. She hears about him, and she goes through the crowd, risking again being rejected or told to go away or you're not allowed to be near Jesus. And as Jesus walks along, she touches him. And Jesus recognizes that someone's touched him. And it's the woman who has great faith. And notice what Jesus does. He makes her higher, believe it or not, than the disciples when he says, Woman, your faith has saved you. Her faith. And that it shows that God cares and values her, but also you and me. It's just not a story of 2,000 years, but it shows who God is. That when we seek Him, it's God's desire to bring about healing if we're open to it and if we have faith in Jesus. It just, Jesus just doesn't hand out healings and go, do what it is, whatever you want, believe whatever you want, live whatever way you want, because, you know, I'll just hand them out like candy. No, there's an invitation to a deeper relationship. Then there is a liturgy official, really, from the synagogue who is very, very well connected. And yet he lays down and kneels before Jesus, begging to go to see his daughter, who 12 years old, who's dying. And it must be very frustrating for Jairus there because, let's go, Jesus, hurry, she's dying. And then Jesus takes the time for this woman. He must be just churning in and out going, Jesus, she's dying. Can you hurry up? Why are you talking to this woman? And eventually, Jesus comes in there and they mock him and ridicule him and says, she's just asleep. And Jairus must have felt like, are you mocking me too? Don't you know that she's dead? And yet Jesus restores her to life. That when people thought she was dead, And we could be dead in many ways, spiritually, in life. Many of you might have experienced dead periods in our lives or loved ones where we just stop living, stop connecting. Sometimes we know why, sometimes we don't. And yet Jesus restores her to fullness of life. A 12-year-old girl, get up, little girl, arise. Those are two examples where God says we are valuable that we are valued. And as the book mender said today, what is sad is that books can be discarded and just the same as people. And so today, two things that I want you to be able to reflect on with me this week that God is trying to tell each one of us up here. First of all, you are valuable to God. God sees value in you and me. Now, if you sit here and go, well, I'm at Mass and I say my prayers, what good is that? I already know that, Father. Tell me something I don't know. Well, the problem is darkness comes into lives without an appointment. You may be doing good right now. You may feel you have your spiritual life together, but there are moments when you and I sit alone. Even if we really believe in God, we have doubtful moments. Whether we're loved by God, where we're cherished by God, 
When God doesn't seem to be answering the prayers we want for ourselves and for other people, it seems like we just have to keep enduring suffering or, or chaos or things that are not going well in our lives. Maybe we feel that too in a sense of darkness. There's a lot of people mentally struggling and always have been, but sometimes we kind of keep that quiet in the family. There's someone who may be considering suicide, taking their lives feeling like, I'm not valuable. Unfortunately, listening to people on social media who really don't give a crap about you. Let's be honest. And yet we look at the likes and people like me and all, they don't even know you and don't even care. And yet we're thinking like, we're going to take our own life because someone said some hurtful things to me. And it doesn't mean that it's oversimplified. There's a woundness that's there. And we have to realize that even in our darkest moment, God mends us. God's desire to make us whole, make us new, and restore the rightful life that you and I are called to by living the sacraments, by living in community, by living our faith. The second thing is that maybe you and I can be bookmenders for others who are really hurting. And your words of saying you have value might make a difference. That doesn't mean you're going to solve everyone's problem. Just because you baked them a cake or said some kind words or wrote them a note doesn't mean the problem goes away. But your awareness, your kindness... Your acknowledgement of just reaching out and saying you matter, you value, you're important can make a difference in people's lives. How about those that you and I just struggle again to love and accept at work, at home, in neighborhood, in other parts of our lives as well? They need to be told they're valued in a world that constantly disposes people and uses people for their own benefits. And so I invite you to watch this Mass again and again and again. Watch that video of the bookmender. Wow. Mending books. Seeing them as people's story. And sending them out to be used again by people renewed. That's God. And you and I are the books. And your stories matter to God. Even if people around you don't seem to understand, don't seem to care, don't have the same likes that you do, God knows. And maybe we can be good bookmenders for others by letting you and me be reminded that our words can make a difference. Our reaching out can heal are praying for and caring for those who are most lost can truly make a difference in mending lives. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission 